the most action-packed content from the top mobile experts. This is the App Masters Podcast with Steve P. Young. AppRadar will save you time with their unified and connected ASO workflow and save you money with their Apple Search Ads team who will optimize your campaigns and increase your ROAS. Go to AppRadar.com to learn more. With over 120 million happy users, Theorem Reach is helping app developers make more money with fun, rewarded surveys that you can easily add to your app. Go check out theoremreach.com to learn more. What is up, App Nation? Welcome to another YouTube live stream when we're on Facebook as well. So what's up to everybody that's on Facebook as well? Today, I'm super excited. You know, what we've been doing for the past couple of months here is really coming on live, answering your questions, looking at your apps, give, auditing your apps, tearing them down, whatever you want to call it, and giving you feedback for it. But I've been bringing on a special guest every week to answer your questions. Today, I've got a phenomenal guest. He's one of my friends. He's been super successful in the app space, and he just launched his new game, Color Switch world that we're going to learn all about. So without further ado, here he is, David Reichelt. If you're not familiar with David, he created the fun hit phenomenon, Color Switch. David, welcome to the App Masters podcast, YouTube, whatever you want to call it, live stream. Thank you, sir. Steve Young, you are a gentleman and a scholar. <laughs> well, brother, hey, I want to talk to you about this. So congrats on all your success. What you know, when launching the newest version, I think you've been calling it Color Switch 2. What yeah. were you kind of thinking? Like, how did you feel like you had to switch it up? Did you feel like you had to build upon your next, your past success? Like, what was your mindset going into this new game? Well, there, there was a very specific um, main idea for the sequel. So what I did, like, like I always do, I, I look at past failures or successes of other games or companies. And the main thing I noticed on the App Store was that when a sequel would come out, um, it was very much like the first game. And, uh, you know, when Color Switch first came out, it was there was no color switching as a main theme games before that. So that was, I think, one of the main reasons, if not the main reason, it um, became this global thing. And so I said, OK, I can't rely on that this time because that's not new anymore. And so the, the main idea was, how can I create a new, exciting experience that is a different type of game, you, but it it fall, it's, falls within the brand of Color Switch? And so, um, so yeah, I looked at all these games, like Angry Birds 2, for example. Sure, it's, it's super polished and everything, but you're still stretching a bird and shooting it like you did in the first game. Or, or Temple Run 2, same thing. And I'm sure they, they both had some success with those. But um, so the main thing was, how do I create a new experience um, with this sequel so that people will say, hey, this isn't the like the first game, but it's still Color Switch, but they feel this new experience. And so my main inspiration um, for looking at um, someone who already was really good at doing that is Nintendo. If you think of the first Mario back in 85 compared to Mario Odyssey, completely mm -hmm. different gameplay experiences, but it's still Mario and still recognizable as Mario. So my goal was creating a brand new experience um, just like Nintendo does for all their franchises for Zelda, Mario, 
all these different games. And they've been doing it for, I don't know, 40 years now. <clears throat> well, actually, Mario, first his first appearance was Donkey Kong. So compare Donkey Kong to uh, Super Mario Odyssey. And and um, that that was my main focus was, OK, how do I do that? How do I take what I did and then and then um, create this brand new, exciting experience for people? So that was the I would say the core, the foundational idea that that drove all my actions for the sequel. You know, I was going to bring up Mario, too, and I was like, well, as well, because you think about Mario one and then Mario two, Mario three, like it feels like Mario, but there's a slight difference. So what did you want to bring into color switch world that you're like, okay, here's the main mechanism. Now we talked about, you know, we've done a, a few of these, David, so I know yeah. all about it, but what did you bring into color switch world? Cause I know color switch was the main theme for color switch itself, but what about world? So I had thought about doing a 3d game since, uh, I don't know, the beginning of 2016. And so I, I always had that in my head because now if you, if you, if you think about color switch, there was a moment where when I thought about the sequel, I was going to do a 2d game. But when you think about color switch, all these modes, it's, it's kind of like <clears throat> um, sequels in a sense, because um, they're all, they're very similar. You know, there, there's, there's really not much difference between the modes in in the main game of Color Switch in in the first game, I would say they're it's like ninety nine percent the same. You know, because you have the same colors, you have color switching, you have the main characters ball, all these things. And when you break it down, if you actually broke it down, you would see that okay, we made a small adjustment, so the gameplay uh, made us you know instead of tapping the ball, you're just guiding it or whatever. So. I had this brief moment where I was going to do a sequel as a 2D game, but then I realized I was like, you know, it, I can't do that because it's going to feel like another mode because it's 99% the same. And so that's why I went 3D. And so I looked at all these different 3D games. I probably downloaded like, I don't know, 50, you know, 30 to 50 3D games and, and even games that weren't on the App Store, like all these games going back to Atari days. Um, <clears throat> where they would kind of mimic 3D. And I said, okay, what what are they not doing? And one thing I noticed was, so, um, you know, we're in a 3D environment now. Oh, cool. There's there's Color Switch Live. There we go, Color Switch World. So if you notice while you're playing, uh, uh, well, we have a jump. So you're on a road, but all these games where you're on a road in these 3D games, you're just on the road and, and you're just going back and forth. So I added the jumps. You'll notice the camera changes. And the camera will change usually when you hit like a color switcher. So I said, okay, you know, every game has a camera perspective and, and, and it's, it, it's fixed and it creates the, you know, that's a, a big factor in, 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 um, in, in, in the game. So here you can see you have a very close camera and look, now it went uh, higher in the air, kind of like a crane, like a, a film shot. So I, what I, what I thought was, you know, I'm just going to have all these camera changes that happen automatically the player doesn't have to do it and it happens you know live while you're playing the game to change the tension of the game so sometimes it feels more intense because the camera is down low right behind the ball sometimes you release the tension by having the camera high so that was one key factor another was you'll notice in the game that we actually have these tunnels that just open up out of nowhere and i noticed that all these 3d games that happen on a road it's just the road and there's nothing else so i said well you know i've I've all I've seen tons of games where you see a tunnel coming at you like Mario Kart or whatever, 
but I've never seen a game to where a tunnel just opens up in a surprising way um, right under you. So those were really two things I added where I, after I looked at all these 3D games, I noticed that nobody had uh, dynamic camera changes live while you're playing and nobody had these tunnels. I, 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 uh, I mean, if someone knows a game where a tunnel just opens up surprisingly under you, I'd, I'd love to see it, but I, I couldn't find anything. So I said, oh, I'll add these two things. And, and those were um, two, I would say, foundational. Um, uh, I think a tunnel is coming up in this one. Oops. Yep, here we go. So, so these were two, two items that I decided, well, I could make a 3D game where you're going down a road much more exciting and surprising by adding, um, you know, the camera changes and the surprising tunnels and because um, the color switching was surpri a surprising mechanic, but I can't, and I have it, but I, I didn't want to rely just on that this time. So I said, okay, for this new gameplay experience, what are other ways I can surprise players to create this exciting dynamic experience? And that was my goal um, for, for the sequel. Yeah, I didn't even realize my mic was muted. I love it. And I think, you know, when you, and I want to give some shout outs to some people on the comments as well. I know sure. your background's a little bit in film and you could see that coming into play and yeah. you're sort of utilizing a lot of your different interests and putting it into this game as well. I love yeah. it, dude. I, yeah. It's really well done. It feels yeah. like a, a movie, you know, like the Fast and Furious, a car chase. Yeah. It feels that way. Yeah, it's funny game. that you said that. That was also a thought was I wanted it to feel like I would think of it like the Christopher Nolan Batman films where yeah. you're chasing Batman or he's going through like the uh, – right. The, the tunnels and stuff on his bat cycle and it's just really exciting so it was also an idea that i had to make it feel like a live chase scene because because i thought wow these chase scenes in these movies are are usually really exciting with all these camera changes and uh and how you know it'd be cool to recreate that in a, in a game and i hadn't really i hadn't even really seen it in any like racing games or anything anything like this you usually can hit a button and cut the camera changes or, um, you know, a variety of other things, but I hadn't really seen it done like that. And so, um, but yeah, even in Jesse's book, The Art of Game Design, he does talk about cinematography, but when you have experience, um, you know, using cameras and, and analyzing um, uh, from that perspective of a filmmaker, then, you know, like anything, whatever your background is, you can take something from an unrelated field and put it into games. But really, cinematography, has always had some kind of relation to video games because, you know, again, even if you have a static camera perspective, that is cinematography. There's, there's a composition, there's lighting, there's all these things that, that is in a film. And even on an old Atari game, it is also cinematography, much more simple, of course, because you just have one static uh, shot. But as, as we see with like, like games like Halo, when they do the cutscenes, you know, it's like watching a film. Um, so, so yeah, that was definitely, um, one of the thoughts I had Congrats, on bro. it. I love it. I love it, man. The, I'm going to give you a couple of shout outs and then I want to ask you my next question. So moon shades, what's happening, brother? Destroy the star. He's from Serbia, man. Cool. It's so nice awesome. Life. And then moon shades is from Hungary. Yeah. Yep. Europe is in trending. Oh. Leonardo, what's happening, brother? I think he's in Brazil. And then awesome. Marco, our mutual friend is here as well. Marco. We got Guitar Blast. He's here every week. And then Shatan is here. What's happening? He's on Facebook. So big fan. Well, I'm a big fan of you. Thank you, Shatan. I don't know if there's 
David, I don't know if he's a big fan of you or me, so we'll share him. You, you're the one. All right, what's up, Submit? All right, cool. Have you any other startup? All right, and then Demetrios, what's happening? So we do have some questions in coming in for you too, David. Awesome. Hey, but what I wanted to talk to you first was: Were you able to build all that within Buildbox? I know you built Color Switch, the number one on Buildbox, but were you able to do all these cool things within Buildbox? Oh, I would have loved to, but there was, um, you know, a, a, a variety of those things wasn't. Um, I don't think it was it was in the within the capabilities within Buildbox without getting. I, I know with Billbox three, they can, um, they, uh, you know, the, you can basically make kind of make your own engine. And so you can hire a programmer and I, if, unless I'm mistaken, I think they use JavaScript. So you could make all these new elements and add it to your Buildbox engine and kind of create this very, um, specific engine for what you want to do. However, a lot of this stuff, you know, that's, that will take extra time. Whereas it made sense with this project to use unity because I already had all the, everything was kind of um, all these tools for my programmers were already built. And, um, and so we built it in unity. However, we do have plans on using Buildbox three for um, a variety of uh, hyper casual games later on. Um, it just so happened that the best tool that made or the the tool that made the most sense for this was unity but we will be using billbox for um because i i love billbox personally and, and obviously yeah. that's what that was the tool that enabled me to create the first color switch um so i'm i'm a lifelong billbox fan and uh and uh you know when i can actually get in there myself and build stuff which i did for unity it was funny because i um i actually had my programmers build me in an environment that was basically like, you know, like working in Billbox to an extent. Although there's mm. so many options and stuff in Unity for someone like me, uh, I, it can be overwhelming. And so that's why I prefer Billbox because, you know, it's, it's, it feels like I can, as a non-programmer, I can always get in there and, and um, work around the environment. So, um, so yeah, we, but, but yeah, I guess the short answer is, not Billbox this time around, but for future games, we will be utilizing Billbox for some hyper casuals. Cool. Yeah, wanna, and I think there's a lot of questions about the marketing side of things. So I think this will give you a good transition into some of the marketing things that you've done. I know Google Play just launched yesterday, and so it's very brand new with Color Switch World. So definitely go check that out, guys. But Facebook, Instagram marketing, is that good for iOS? And then how has your approach to marketing changed now that you're this time around, you're self-publishing this? Well, I can't, um, for a number of reasons, I can't really get into marketing details uh, at this point in time. However, it, unlike a uh, another um, live thing later on, I totally could. Um, but um, I'm... Uh, you know, I'm not the marketer myself. I have people who do all that and they have a, a specific uh, strategy for marketing. But um, my simple answer is, you know, obviously for games, you need to do online marketing and use all the social media, various platforms like Instagram and everything. But but I am not I, uh, I'm not the person who is dealing with all that. I have other people on my team who are doing all that stuff. But I can get into more of those details later on, um, but not not at this moment. 
Fair enough. The what I like about you, what I admire about that question too, David, you're so honest and you're like, look, I know how to make cool games, right? Like I'm focused on these camera angles and I'm gonna let somebody who knows marketing handle the marketing side of things too. Yeah. And really what it comes down to, uh, with, with, a, with a product, if you don't have a really great product, you can have the best marketing in the world. It's not going to really do anything for you. Um, so, 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 you know, my main skill that I've always strived to work on and become more proficient at is, is creating, uh, uh, well-designed games because I know in my mind, if I can nail that, then, then the, all the marketing and stuff is just going to, um, you know, uh, 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 add on to that. But if you had it reversed word and you, you see games like that, you'll see games that are based off of memes and someone can push it up artificially on the charts with whatever marketing they're using, but it's not going to stay there. It has no, um, lifespan that is, that is organic. And so, so yeah, to this day, the main skill I always work on is, uh, is game design. How can I become a better game designer? Because you can never, I don't, I think it's a, uh, an illusion to think that you can master something. I think you can always become better and better. And if you have it in your mind that, oh, I'm a master at this now, then it's, it's almost like you stop improving because if you're a master, then what else is there to learn? Why should you keep improving? So in my mind, I always think, okay, how I'm at this level, how can I get to this level? So in my head, I'm always at this level and I always want to strive to get to the next level. Okay. Here's a great question from Leandro says, David, do you think mobile games have a life cycle or is it possible to innovate in order to always keep the game in the top trends? Um, yeah, every game I think has a, uh, natural life cycle and it just goes to, to, um, it goes back to what I was just saying where a poorly designed game can have an artificial, as long as you're pumping money into something you can get, you can, you can, um, have something go up the charts, but once you stop doing that, but even if you do like how, how often is someone coming back to that game? And if it's a, like I said, if it's a game, for example, based off of a meme and it has, it's like a reskinned template, um, then people aren't going to keep playing it. Even if it's up in the charts, like I might play it one time. And if you think of the the early app store, you had all these reskins, right? Now you could get away with that in the early app store because, um, you know, it was it was more it was it was a newer experience, you know, downloading apps and everything, and so people would just download whatever. But now more and more, you have to have a well designed game or well designed app for people to to um, to use it. You know, people are are getting more picky, or they've gotten more picky, and they want uh, they want quality and and kids growing up now, they don't they don't have the experience of of reskins and all that stuff. So they to them they they've had quality apps from a very small age and going up. So so really, if you have a well designed game or well designed app, look at Pac Man. Came out forty years ago, and it's on it's and it came out in that giant arcade cabinet, which I have in my garage. I have a original Pac Man. Um, but look at it now. They've put it out on every console system. It's on the app store. Now they might make adjustments to like, uh, obviously you can't have a, they don't have a joystick on the, um, on smartphones, but they've, they've made whatever adjustments and look at the life cycle of Pac-Man. So color switch, for example, in color switch two, I, I designed them with that in mind that, okay, this, this life cycle, 
of this is going to be forever because every time a new medium comes out, I can take this and make whatever adjustments I need to and put it out on there. But if you make games that, or apps that aren't well designed, then um, they're not going to do well on the current platforms and and they I don't think they would do well on other platforms. So as long as you focus on uh, you know working on your design skills and improving, improving until you nail something, when you make that that formula, uh, whatever it is for you, that lifespan is going to it's going to it's going to keep going and platforms that we're not aware of right now that come out years later, just like Pac-Man has benefited from and all these other classic games. Um, or even look at the original Nintendo games. Now you can go on Nintendo Switch and they have the original Nintendo games di in digital format that you can play online in Super Nintendo. And, and now all these kids who didn't grow up with those can be exposed to them as well. So as long as you, as you focus on the design of something and nail that, uh, the life cycle will go on and on and on. I like that. It's so funny. Yeah, it's so true. Like the, if you look at these games and they iterate, I love your, I love the, the longevity, the length of time that you think, David, because I'm more like, okay, if it stays up for a while, great. But you're like, no, this, this can live on colors can switch up, yeah. live on in 40 years. Yeah. And the kid sure. stuff, man, they're so picky. Like my son would be like, now nah, that's not that great. So, <laughs> well, you know, with uh, you. that's, that's, that's also, you know, when I, I've said it before in interviews, but when I was, uh, the day I, I designed color switch earlier that day, I said, I want to make a game that can be around for 40 years. And that I looked at games that same day. I looked at games that had been around for 40 years, Uno and Pac-Man and others, but I had to have that very specific thought to get a very specific result. And, um, uh, and, uh, and, and and just evidenced by again we have 40 plus years of of video game history and look and when you look at the games that are still known and around today the the thing that differentiates them is the design of it and so and so yeah if you want a really big result you gotta you definitely have to have those specific um intentions and you may not nail it the first time as, as everyone knows my of my story i didn't nail it down for the first 40 times but when i finally had that moment that day where I said specifically, uh, I want to make a game that can be around in four years. That same day I made the one that that game with color switch. And, you know, four years later, we're still having, uh, uh, uh you know, tons and tons of, of users. And there's, you know, now that we're, um, we kind of held off marketing, <clears throat> um, in a big way for the first game, um, until this new game launched. So, Hopefully you'll be seeing both games going up the charts um, pretty soon. We did a, we actually did a two day test. Uh, I don't know a month ago, and at, with on Color Switch One, and uh, it we we pushed it to like I think number fifty in the top games um, from a two day test. So so here you have a game that's four years old, but you know you you're able it's still able to to um, climb the charts um, currently. And if you think about I don't have a list, but if you, if you would look at all the other games that weren't designed well when in 2015 when Color Switch came out, where are they now, and and where's the longevity? So, so there is a life cycle to games, and and, and um, as Nintendo showed, because you know there was a crash in the video game industry in '83, and Nintendo two years later uh, came out with the Nintendo Entertainment System, and their main thing was, hey, we I think they saw that there was 
at the time, all these companies were coming out with games and they weren't very good after a while. And so consumers started not liking games. They would return their games. So Nintendo said, oh, okay, our, everyone knows the Nintendo seal of quality. They, they, uh, made, they made game design number one priority. Uh, to this day, you look at their games. They're all, I think Nintendo is mainly known for these fun, engaging experiences that you, you can have with your friends as opposed to like the best graphics. And, uh, and that strategy has worked for them for this entire time. So um, All right. I forget what the original question was, but there you go. There is a hodgepodge. <laughs> We've answered it and so much more. So I want to make sure that we also go through some of the, here's what's on deck for the, some of the app audits. We have oh, yeah, a lot this. of ASO questions. Really nice yeah. Yeah. This look at, they're doing really How well. How you so, say you no know. to that, those puppy eyes? Beautiful, beautiful icon, beautiful everything. Yep. Lots of great ratings, 100 in family games. We got this app that, you know, we'll probably tear up a little bit. And then this app, the podcast alarm as well. We've got a lot of questions for you, David. So I'll okay. try to get to a few of them right now. And then we'll get into some of the app audits as well. All right. Destroy the Star has a great question for David. Is it possible for one person like yourself to succeed as Color Switch today? Now is it, or is it time for a big publisher for you to find a big publisher? Well, you know, with, um, I think, I think uh, it all, it, there's always a possibility to, to have, um, you know, it's funny when I forget someone, someone said to me, says, hey, when Color Switch 2 comes out, you know, uh, it probably won't be as successful as Color Switch One, or, or, but you know, you'll, you know, it'll probably, you'll probably still do well in all this. And I, and you know, in my mind, I always think, oh, I should have, I, you know, I should have the, the uh, ability to have a bigger result in whatever you're doing. So look at someone like Steven Spielberg. He came out with his first blockbuster with Jaws in the '70s, and and what if someone told him the same thing, like, hey, you know, Jaws was big, but uh, enjoy it because it's never going to be that big again. And you look through his career and, you know, he had hit after hit after hit and, you know, some were bigger than Jaws, I think like E.T., maybe Jurassic Park. But um, so, yeah, you have to have the right mindset. You always have to think you have to, you have to believe that you can do this and you can do it again and again and have more and more results as long as you're improving your thinking. So as far as the the um, so Color Switch was so, someone told me once uh, CEO at a uh, company. He said it was that he called it a global phenomenon. And so, like I said, I think one of the key reasons is we never had this experience where color switching was the main theme. And, it, and I just had been able to design all the elements so that it was just this very uh, new, fresh experience, very frustrating experience, of course. And you were just, you know, thankfully, I, I nailed down the flow state for it. But. There's no reason, you know, I remember when I first got into games in 2013, everyone was saying the gold rush is over. It was nice right. while it lasted, but the gold rush is over. So you're always going to have these people saying the gold rush is over. Now we need, uh, you know, you can't do it on your own or you need this or you need that. No, there's, it, it, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's a lot of work and no one has like, if someone could just come out with a global hit every day, they would do it. Um, so there's no... There's no, um, there's no one who knows all the answers to make sure that, okay, every day I'm going to have this phenomenon hit or whatever. But the, the best thing you can do to have the possibility of success like that or even bigger, there's no reason why you can't have a bigger success, 
Um, especially since there's way more phones today than there were, you know, people with phones than there were four years ago. Um, and there's more, there's more avenues to market and all this stuff. You just have to, you, again, you have to have a very specific goal in mind. And I, so when I made colors, I didn't think, you know, uh, it'd be nice to make a mediocre game that some people play, but not a lot of people. And, you know, I'll just, you know, you gotta be humble about this stuff and I'll just, I'll make something as passable that won't crash, but, but, you know, people will probably play it. You know, I didn't think any of that. I thought as big as possible, Ooh, I'll make a game that can be around for 40 years because I already made all the mediocre games all the way up until then. And because I got a mediocre result, I had to, I had to change my thinking. So I, I totally believe you can do it solo today. Um, and uh, there, you know, there's always been uh, systems mature to where you have publishers like, you know, I'm maybe at some point early on when books were first a thing, people were probably just like, you know, um, uh, you know, maybe maybe making their own copies or or think of like a band, you know, uh, like Corn. I don't think Corn uh, ever had a, a, a I think they they had their own success with um, making printing their own CDs and doing all this and they became this big phenomenon. Um, but, um, uh, you know, there's, you, I would say also, you know, you could go both routes. You could say, Hey, you know what, I'll, I'll design this game and, and work on getting a publisher deal. And when I get revenue from that, then I can, um, that'll enable me to launch this game solo, uh, or whatever your strategy is, but, but it's totally possible. And it, it just comes down to, again, you have to improve your thinking. Don't ever just go to the computer and just make a game. Um, I mean, it's it's fine to do that sometimes, but if you really want to have a specific result, you have to always put new information in your head, always absorb things, and have specific ideas. Which again, I always recommend Thinker Toys, um, and you have to you know you have to have a specific uh, challenge or goal in mind, as he says in that book, to have a very specific result. You have to be very specific, and so if you want that specific result, a success. Uh, very big success, then you have to think that way and then your actions will follow. And then nothing's yeah. guaranteed, but how you think about things will guide you in whatever way and get you closer or farther away from, from, you know, whatever goals. And I think what, when people see your success, David, they're like, Oh, this is a simple concept. Let me create something similar. But what they're missing is the hours. And I'm assuming probably the weeks and the months of studying yeah. and figuring out, Hey, this different camera angle. Hey, look studying all these games and this color switch mechanic that is just a feature about uno and all these other games simon maybe and then bringing it as the main feature i mean you missed that when david's studying and downloading a ton of games studying the different types of games and then using his yeah. past knowledge and bringing it to this particular game color switch world so yeah. don't forget and, about that too and it wasn't just you know it took me 13 years to of different experiences sure. to even get to that kind of mindset but there's a lot of stuff that's hidden in plain sight, like the color switching mechanic has always been, I mean, even Mario, you get the flower, you get the, this icon or that icon power up and the, your suit slightly changes colors, but it was never the main emphasis. And so there's all this stuff that's kind of hidden in plain sight, but no one's seeing it. Um, you have to, you know, unless you, you, uh, you know, for, in my example, I use thinker toys techniques and I tore stuff apart kind of like, you know, tearing an engine apart and seeing all the pieces inside an engine that no one would see. But when you tear it apart, you can see every bolt and every piston and, and whatnot. So you have to, there's a lot of work that goes into any of this to get a simple result takes a lot of complex 
you know, work every, you know, as far as like, not complex, but just like consistent work every day, like you're saying, hours, weeks, months, years, um, and, uh, and, and to, to finally get to something that seems it's deceptively simple. Uh, but yeah. when you unpack it all, yeah, there was a lot of thought uh, that went into to get to that that simple idea. So true. All right. Hassan, welcome. I want to say hi. Joe's always here. What's up, Joe? And then Joe. Thomas, good to see you, brother, from App Radar. Abinov, hi there. All right, Dave, we've got a few more questions, so we're going to go rapid fire on some of these if we yeah. can. All right, sure. here we go. David, how long did it take you to develop Color Switch? Well, um, the there, there's a couple ways to look at that. Uh, you know, there was two years of the 40 games that all failed, so... <laughs> So two years of, of trial and error before, but when I actually got to that idea, um, the day I thought of it, I had a, a demo. And um, so when I, I was sitting there, you know, using these techniques and I, I sketched out the idea, um, I, I think I made, I spent 20 minutes, because I'm not a graphic artist, uh, technically speaking in, in any advanced way. So I think I used Inkscape and I made these graphics, the color switcher, and I had to figure out how to like make the, these these circle pieces and stick them all together as different colors. So it took me 20 minutes to make the graphics. And then with Buildbox, I just picked a jumping template, made two or three adjustments so that I think in this jumping template, the ball would just do an automatic bounce. So I took the automatic bounce away, put an invisible jump button on there. And, and uh, yeah, within 10 minutes, I had the demo of the game. And then I want to say I spent a week making like all the types of obstacles and everything that that would then be um so that was back in like june of 2015 and uh once i did that there was the game and um in the beginning i just had circles and i had big circles small circles double circles circles in the circles but um to this day that's everything's based off of that this this circle with the four colors that's you know an object of four colors that's rotating um, everything is basically just, um, that, um, if, like, uh, if you stripped away everything, you would just, you would just have that as the, is the, um, kind of main mechanics of the game. So it took me about, um, 30 minutes to actually make a demo of the game, which most of it was graphics. Like I said, build box was so <laughs> simple and I was working with the dinosaur build box. That was build box one, but, but it was so simple. And, and my, my problem was. At first, I even thought all the games had been done that could possibly be done on Buildbox because it was so simple. So, I was, but but I also thought, what's the easiest, quickest game I can make? And I thought, oh, one of these tapping games where you bounce a character up the screen. So, thankfully, they have those templates that are kind of they recon, they configure things already for you. And I just made three adjustments, which again took me like ten minutes to import the graphics to make the adjustments. So it was very it's very quick. Once I once I actually thought of it to make it because because um, and that, that's why I have thousands of clones that we're always taking down because it is so simple for someone just to build in 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 software now that they could just build a clone and upload it so double edged sword. So all that now, Ramatilla asked, "Hey David, what was the most difficult part of making Color Switch?" Um, the most difficult part while making Color Switch. It, what, well, to make it was not difficult. It was, it was like I said, it was mainly to get to that idea took the most effort. Um, uh, again, by trial and error, I made all these, all these. One of these days, 
uh, we'll, we should do one of these, and I'll actually have little video snippets of all these old games that I'll show. They're, 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 they're pretty bad. But you have to be bad before you can be good. And so you have to, like anything, you build your skill. But the, there was nothing that was very difficult about making it because, again, it was a simple game or is a simple game, deceptively simple. But I was also using software with it that was just super simple to use. Again, I, am, I, I looked at some Unity um, tutorials one day and I said, not going to happen. I just don't, <laughs> didn't have the patience to learn how to you know, do all this this coding uh, 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 um, wizardry. So, so actually building was very simple, very easy. It was mainly getting to that, which took most of the work. I like it. All right. I'll get to some of the questions. Joe's got a great question that I want to ask you, David, too. But yeah. I want to get into this app. And look, they, if you guys want your app audited, all you got to do is go to appmasters.com slash audit. And we can do that. Just fill out the form and we can do that during one of our YouTube lives. So that once again is appmasters.com slash audit. Let me go back and hide that. Okay. So this is Harut asks, he just said ASO. And so I think, you know, David, you and I both probably agree that this is well done. Like the icons, amazing. Yeah. The screenshots, amazing. Probably like, I think I would toy around with different, like, and I'm sure like these big publishers do this all the time, but like landscape versus portrait. I personally like portrait because you can show three different screens instead of just one. But again, that's worth A-B testing on your end. Overall, it looks like they're doing really well. I mean, they've probably yeah. got millions of downloads. I just judging it from the reviews, close to 23,000 reviews, 4.9. So doing phenomenally well. And here's what I want to show this developer too is, so I'm in App Annie. I love using App Annie when I'm looking at ASO because it's the only tool that if you can put an app, like I put this app in there, that shows you the different ranking, keyword ranking. So like, unlike other ASO tools, they'll just, where you have to put in the keywords, here App Annie will look at all, will give you all the keywords that you rank really well for. So look at this, man, they're ranking really well. Dogs, dog, pets, pet, dog town, pet dog, pet games, they're ranking really well. So I don't have too many suggestions for ASO in terms of this because they're doing so well. What I would say, and this is why I wanna show App Annie is look at some of your bigger competitors too. Look, again, you're doing really well. Look at some of your bigger competitors and do some analysis. And so just like I've done for your app with Dogtown and put it into App Annie, put in some of your competitors. So like, for example, I'll just go to Related, uh, more from this developer, but like Pet World maybe, and then see what, the, what other keywords that they might be ranking for. Because you're doing so well with the main keywords, you might be able to find some new ones that your competitors are ranking for that you might be able to utilize. And then the last thing I'll say, and I'll give David a break from talk all the talking he's been doing, is maybe even think about localizing. I know the it's only it only provides English, so think about maybe localizing too. And if there's certain regions of the world, you can do other tools like Sensor Tower, figure out where your competitors are doing well in too. There's other parts of the world that are good for this type of app. I would start looking at that as well. Cool. Right. Sounds like good advice. <laughs> I like it, brother. All right, let's go back into some of the comments. The do do do, hopping off. Okay, I said hi to everybody. Explosive, Exploriva or Exploria guy. All right, hi. What's happening, my friend? All right, this is a good question from Lids. He said, "Hey, question. Hey guys, question for David. How did you get feedback about your initial idea for Color Switch?" 
feedback uh and you know right when i made it i i think i had a couple emails where i i um i think i asked uh maybe uh build box uh support some questions about their software i can't i have to look at those but you know um was it uh i think i showed the original file to uh my buddy florian who uh he has a top game called um bottle flip 3d and he's he he had another what's his uh, ball jump? He had ball jump. Uh, he I think he published that with Catch App. Um, so you know they're in friends and family, but but um, as far as you know at that at that point I didn't even know uh, I'm I was just cleaning swimming pools at the time. I was some guy in his his uh, apartment just making games. So I didn't know anyone really in the industry other than a few developers on the Billbox um, forums because I think at the time Billbox had these other forums. Maybe it was pre-Billbox. It might have been when Trey had uh, Game Academy. It might have been on on that forum. But but yeah, I think I show I got some feedback from my buddy Florian, um, and uh, and a couple other developer buddies. But that was that was uh, that was it. That was and that was after I kind of designed you know the the core of the game with all the the um, circle varieties and everything and and whatnot. All right. Next question is Joe. I think it's a great question, David. Regarding your forty games that failed, the first forty, what what was your definition of failure? Um, and failure is an interesting word because some people they don't like to say it at all. They're like, they're like, nothing's a fail. I know, um, dude. <laughs> um, you know, everyone has their there is there a right answer. I don't know. Everyone's got their kind of way how they like to look at it. But a failure is, I would say, at the simplest level, it's just you attempted something you had a goal in mind and you fell short of that goal so and if you want to if you want to think of like it, i also think of it like this a failure the the ultimate failure is if you're not even trying um i forget maybe it was wayne gretzky who said you'll miss a hundred percent of the shots that you never take it, it might have been him so so the, the the real failure is not even trying um and, and, and when you do try though, most of the time you fall short of whatever goal that you are going for. And so the, the key though, is you look at where you fell short and you, you analyze it and you say, okay, what could I do differently next time? Um, what, what am I, um, what, what did I miss? Um, cause obviously I missed something. Obviously I'm not understanding something as well as I need to, to attain that goal. And that's why I say you always have to put new information in your head because you, you have to, um, you have to, uh, you, you learn, you, you know, it creates new thoughts and ideas and new actions. So, uh, so yeah, I guess the simplest way is a failure is when you don't, when you don't attain that goal you wanted and then you just analyze it and then you'll get a little, um, closer and a little closer. So I always wanted to make a hit game, but I made all these games um, at first that didn't become a worldwide hit game. And so I would just have to analyze that over and over and over and, and focus on that. I don't think I really did anything else and, until I finally attained that goal. So I guess that's the, the, the way I would describe it. I like it, man. Were most, oops, were the 40 games that you built built in Billbox too? Uh, most of them. Oh, my that's from Demetrius slash roommate Daniel has just awoken. Everyone say hi to Daniel. Hi, Daniel. 
going to the kitchen. It's a little impromptu <laughs> moment there. Uh, the no, most of them were building game salad, and it was it was really good to oh, go. Oh, really? Yeah, it was really great to go between game salad and billbox because game salad, their whole thing was they were supposed to be this um, codeless system of building games, right. and it was kind of semi coding because you had to create all these these stacks, code stacks, I guess you call them, where you take this behavior and you have to do something like, okay, do this unless this happens, but if that happens, then have this happen. And it was kind of, for my brain, it was very complex. And so after building all the games in Game Salad and then just going to Billbox where it's just drag and drop stuff, it was, I was so, um, I was so happy to go from a more complex system to a simpler system as far as someone like me who is not a, a, a trained programmer um, that it was, it was like a breath of uh, fresh air, but most of the games were built in game salad, which as I said, I still have all those old game salad files. Um, but, uh, um, at some point I'll have to show them because they're pretty funny. Well, that is leading to the next same question from Demetrios. Are they available now? Can we check out some of your they old games? They are not. They are <laughs> available on my computer. Um, uh, I don't think any of those would I go back. There might be a couple of those I could go back to and kind of redesign and, and actually improve. But most of them were just like, they were like, you know, some of them were clones and reskins. Like um, I, there was one um, that I, I think I, I won one game. I just reskinned like five times. Um, and I would just, <laughs> you know, I have those. Show, yeah. To contrast, contrast my thinking before, I would just think in the early days, I would think, Ooh, I'll just go with um, like a theme, like ninja. People like ninjas. I'll make a game with ninjas in it. You know, my my thinking was very different back then. And and again, when you don't get a result you want, you're like, okay, maybe just picking some theme that I think people like, like ninjas, isn't good enough. What am I missing here? And then you know, kind of go from there. Yeah, and I think that brings us to the next app audit that we want to look at to this puzzle delight. You know, I almost think because their question from Prashanth is promotion of my app and Prashanath like David you let me know if this if you disagree but this looks like a just a a matching card app so you try to just match right. different look I don't know if they're celebrities it looks like they're celebrities so you just try to find the different matching games and I think you know like it's interesting but this would be one of those things like why isn't it working and just chalk yeah. it up to all right one of the things that you tried and then maybe you can learn on it so there's only 10 plus downloads and I don't yeah. think the retention is going to be super high for this type of game. Well, yeah, I don't, I, I don't know how there has to be something cause, cause you know, let's talk about an experience. Everyone's already played a basic matching game. So you're right off the bat. You're not offering a new experience. Now, doesn't mean you couldn't use this. I, and I don't know too much about matching games. I would have to do a bunch of research, but my instinct is, take the basic idea of of the a matching game and add some new exciting um gameplay mechanics to create a experience that goes beyond what everyone has already played and make it more exciting in however way you would do that the other thing is who you're marketing this to because right off the bat is this uh it looks like indian you know i, I don't know it yeah. looks like a more india-based aesthetic with the, the art design and everything yes, so if I think of like a U.S. customer, the art design is not going to appeal to them because it, it um, 
it, it, it looks like a very specific appeal to a very specific area of the world. So if you want something that appeals on a global scale, you need to look at all the games that are in the top charts that have a track record of that and note their color schemes, note their art styles, you know, note the, even in this, like, do you just want celebrities from a specific country or should you have celebrities from a bunch of countries or should you have cartoon celebrity, you know, aesthetics or whatever it is. So you have to look at all of this. The, so I would say if you don't just want this to appeal to people in certain countries, you're going to, I would say you need to rethink the art design. So it has a global appeal because even myself, when I see like the colors and the intricate designs, it doesn't really have, doesn't draw me in. And, um, and, 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 uh, you know, that, so, so not that the gameplay is bad, but it, it can be, it's something that people like, they like, people like matching things and obviously like Candy Crush, um, and there, there's a conceptual blend right there. You know, in Candy Crush, when you have like a four or five match, you get like a power up. So how maybe you could take the mechanic that they do over there and apply it to this matching game where you you kind of blend those ideas of maybe you could create card power ups once you match like three or four of the same uh, theme or picture or something. And it creates like a it all comes together, to create a card power up that you can then use in certain ways. So so, again, that's just like taking taking the base idea of a matching game, thinking of some new mechanics to add on top of it to create this new experience, improve the artwork. So the good thing is you're here and you can just go up, you can just improve. So so that's a, that's a good place to be. You know, if I was just looking at this, I'm like, man, there's no way, I don't know what you can do with that, you know, I'd be opposite. So, so um, from what I'm saying, there's just all these ways you can improve this. It just depends on what's your goal, what are your goals for this? Who do you want this to appeal to? Then look at look at what games appeal to those people and start taking notes and start just, you know, improving, improving. I like it, man. That that is really good. All right. Some more like just just move on. F- figure out something else. <laughs> it's a good advice from David. All right. Let's end with a few different last questions for David. David, it's a great question. Should I go and publish on my own or publish it indirectly from some other company like Ketchup or Voodoo of the world? You know, it all depends on your goals. Um, and you might want to now, uh, you probably can't ask other people who have published with um, these companies because they do NDAs. But if you, you'll know, um, if you approach a company with your game, they like it, they'll send you like their contracts and stuff. Um, and then you just have to look at what the contract says. Does the contract say have, have terms that you feel are fair? Some companies um, um, in whatever industry can utilize their perceived power or popularity and they can kind of give you a, a contract that is not fair or that, um, that, uh, that people, you know, and, and so you have to, you just have to go with your goals. Do I want to be more independent or am I fine publishing with this company, this game? And then once I start getting revenue, I can become more dependent and do my own thing. Um, just goes to, to that. I would just say, look at the contracts, um, ask, uh, uh, ask questions on, you know, if you think that's a fair contract and then, um, and, uh, and what is your ultimate goal to be independent or is your ultimate goal just to work 
as a developer for a publisher. You know, um, not everyone wants to be an independent um, business owner. Some there's most people in the world work for some company um, to some extent. So it all goes to your goals. Just but but ask what your what your goals are, what you're willing to do, what you're not willing to do, and just kind of I would say go by that. I like it, David. Any plans to show the stars that? Any plans to be a publisher of your own? Yeah, I would like to do that. Um, we, uh, you know, I, I have a Color Switch Academy, which I um, am, uh, am uh, I've been kind of um, not promoting too much because I wanted to get this second game out first. And, um, and as a part of that program, I would like to have a, uh, a publishing arm where we, where we uh, work with uh, certain students of the, the um, academy who, who, uh, you know, if they, if they have a game that is, is uh, something that we could publish, then um, that is definitely something I would like to um, do uh, a little later on. But, um, but the first part has been this sequel, getting it done, getting it up. And then, um, and then we'll be uh, doing um, some, uh, some things in that area. So just pay attention to College Rich Academy um, coming up in the, you know, layer this year. And, uh, and then, um, we'll be, we'll be kind of going over those kind of details with publishing possibilities, etc. Love it, man. All right. Let's end with this. What did you learn from working with your publisher from ugly Poe? Um, the, well, the main thing I, I would say I learned is you, again, you have to know what your goals are and what, uh, make sure make sure you're signing contracts that you're fine with or you're you know again when you sign a contract in my case <clears throat> when I first signed contracts I didn't I was just like I said I was cleaning swimming pools I didn't I didn't have any lawyers or anything I didn't know so you, you never want to sign um, you never want to get into anything with, with, uh, unless you know what you're doing and so I would say um, uh, I mean there's tons of things to learn from from um, uh, any experience, but the main thing I would say is that uh, make sure you know what your goals are, what your what you want, what you don't want, and make sure as far as like any kind of agreements or contracts, make sure you have lawyers um, uh, so that you understand everything that you're that that is being proposed. Um, and uh, yeah, I would say that is the main tips for that. I love it, man. All right. Last one. And then we'll call it a day. Thank you so much for coming on doing this, David. Akish asked, what are you planning to do next, man? Like, what are some new projects? You got the Academy you talked about. Color Switch yeah. World is out on both platforms now. So what's next for David Reichelt? Well, you know, I have, <clears throat> I have dozens of Color Switch games under the Color Switch brand that I plan. Some are very simple. Some are more complex. And uh, I spent a lot of time on the sequel. I mean, we started development on this in August of 2018. And it took so long for a variety of reasons that I don't have time to go get into at the current moment. But um, yeah, I have dozens of Color Switch games that I consider could all be, you know, do very well and be high quality and whatnot. So there are a lot of ways I want to expand the brand. And then um, someone's trying to call me during my live call 
Um, and then the other thing is, I actually uh, 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 would like to uh, finally get into uh, more uh, filmmaking, get a production company together, and nice. then um, planning on producing uh, an uh, album later this year with a couple of my my British musician friends, uh, Ollie Ride and Josh Daly, who both do like re new retro style music, and their music is in uh, some of their music's in the game, and you can click on nice. Spotify links in the sequel to find their stuff, but they're really nice guys. But those are a couple of things. There's always new things. I think that pop into anyone's head as they have experiences and they, you know, new goals and things. Well guys, we're going to do, thank you, David. Anything else you want to share before we close this out? Um, with Color Church 2, we are going to be doing a lot of updates. Um, even the city, the city is going to look way different than what it does right now. Um, there's all, there's all these, um, more kind of details I want to add to it. There's going to be, um, some exciting new gameplay mechanics that we'll be adding. Um, so we're going to do a lot of update of updates to it with characters and trails and things. And, uh, so, so keep an eye on that. This think of this, like when we came out with color stretch, uh, uh, a long time ago, where it was just the main game and we added all these, these updates. I uh, so we're gonna do a lot of, of updates for this, but in in different ways. Um, and then there'll just be um, you you should also see a, a few more color switch games coming out this year. So that's awesome, that. I can't wait. Thank you so much for coming on and do this doing this with us. So guys, if you guys want to go check it out, go check out. Go just search for Color Switch World in your app stores on Google Play and iOS. If you want to learn how David comes up with these ideas, look, it looks simple on the surface but it's so more complex when you really peel back the layers. You want to figure out his strategies, his mindset for doing all the game design. Go check out colorswitchacademy.com as well. And David, if the audience wants to, you know, maybe connect with you personally, do you want to send them anywhere else? Uh, you can go to my Facebook. Um, just maybe send me uh, a message saying, you know, that you were on his podcast. Um, I get, I mean, these days we all get a lot of spam, uh, especially on Instagram. I get so much, uh, questionable spam stuff that, uh, you know, it's kind of scary, but, um, so yeah, just say, Hey, I was on C's podcast and, um, wanted to add you and, and then that, that way I'll know, but yeah, it was my awesome. pleasure being here and, and hopefully I answered everyone's questions in an acceptable manner. And if you have any other questions, <laughs> yeah, and you send me a message, just uh, I'll do my best to answer those. Well, I love doing this, man. And thank you for sharing your story. I think it's phenomenal. And it just tells you, kind of shows you like, hey, you can do it. You have to have the right mindset. You have to study. There's an art to it and there's a science to it, but you can eventually make it. Thank you to Joe. Thank you for Demetrios. Thank you for Youssef. Lids, thank you guys for coming on. We'll see you guys next week. We're going to do a live App Store optimization. No guests, just me and you. Next week, going to do live, kind of really dissect how I do App Store optimization. Seems to be a lot of the questions. So we're going to do that live next week. I already have the app. I talked to the developer already. We're working on a brand new couple of things. So be there next Friday, 9 a.m. Pacific time. David, thank you so much for coming on and doing this, man. Thank you, Steve. And I will see everyone wherever I see you online. <laughs> Well, I hope to have that color switch to launch party pretty soon after this pandemic oh, ends, yes. but I appreciate you have been in my life, man. Thank you so much again. Same to you, sir. All right, guys. I'll see you guys next week. See ya. Bye guys.
Thanks for listening to the App Masters podcast. For show notes and amazing app marketing content, check out appmasters.co.